If you would please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 67. Uh, we're in a summer, summer sermon series through the Psalms, and this morning we find our way at Psalm 67. This psalm has rightly been labeled a missions psalm as it speaks of this worldwide vision, this worldwide mission to take the gospel to the nations. And so we're going to study Psalm 67. If you need a Bible, there should be some in the chairs, the pews in front of you. Page 481 will get you to Psalm 67. The psalm expresses a strong desire for God's name to be known among the nations. And this psalm is meant to stir in you and in me a missionary zeal this morning. We don't know the exact occasion or who wrote this psalm. Uh, we are told that it's a psalm, and it's a song that's to be uh, sung with stringed instruments. And so our music team was very faithful and biblical this morning with the stringed instruments in Psalm 67. I do hope and pray, though, this morning, as I've already said, that this psalm would increase our missionary zeal. And this psalm is another great example on how the psalms can help us meditate on God, to think about Him and think about what He wants us to do. So hear now the reading of God's Word. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us. And bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Please pray with me. Our Father in heaven, we praise you for your saving power by which you have called a people, the, the church, to yourself to make your great name known. Oh, Lord, be gracious to us now. Bless us. Make your face to shine upon us as we meditate on your holy word. Use the words of Psalm 67 to increase our missionary zeal. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Those are some of the famous words written by Pastor John Piper in his book on missions called Let the Nations Be Glad, the Supremacy of God in Missions. He goes on to say this in the context, missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over, and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity. 
but worship abides forever. Worship, therefore, is the fuel and the goal in missions. I love these words and this sentiment by Pastor John Piper because it captures the essence of what Psalm 67 is about. As we've now used this psalm as a call to worship, uh, we've sung many of the words and the phrases from this psalm, and, and now we're going to meditate on it in the sermon. Uh, I hope and, and that you can just feel this, this desire, this zeal that the psalmist has that God's name would be praised, that he would be worshiped among all the nations. May the peoples praise you, the chorus rings out. Let all the peoples praise you. This psalm is, in fact, a prayer. It's prayer language. Uh, we know that from the Hebrew verb forms that, that appear in this psalm that express an intense desire, a, a wish, a longing, if you will, that God's name would be known and that he would be praised. And so that's why each line of this, of this prayer and this psalm begins with uh, words like may and let. The psalmist is praying, may God do something or, or let us respond in such a way because of God's grace. Psalm 67 has been a favorite psalm of many missions conferences for hundreds of years. And it's because of what verse 2 says there. Look verse in your Bible at verse 2. The, the hope and prayer that the Lord God's way may be known on earth and that his saving power would be known among the nations. And so if we think about those words for just a moment, I hope you realize the implication of them. These words are, in fact, a great commission, if you will. And so it should tell us that Jesus actually didn't come up with the great commission there in Matthew 28. That the great commission is, in fact, been the calling of God's people from the very beginning. It has always been God's plan that the nations would know the Lord and worship him. This has been at the heart of the church's mission since the very beginning. And so Psalm 67 is rightly called a great commission psalm. But we know that this commission even goes further back than that, doesn't it? Think about God's call to a wandering Aramean named Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham. And what was that massive covenant promise that God made to Abraham? Abraham, look up at the sky. Look at the stars. Try to count them, if you will. So shall your descendants be. God's promise to Abraham is that he would be a blessing to the nations and that from him nations would be birthed that would come to know and to praise the Lord. But it goes back even further than that, doesn't it? Back to the very beginning, to the garden, to Adam and Eve. Do you remember that commission, that mission, if you will, that God gave Adam and Eve? Be fruitful, multiply, and stay in your little garden, right? No. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Fill the earth with God-fearers. Fill the earth with those who would know the Lord their God and worship and praise Him. In all of these instances, God blesses His people 
so that they would be a blessing to the nation. That is God's great commission. There's probably not another place in the Bible that has such a fervent prayer for the conversion of the nations than we find here in Psalm 67. And so I really want you to just see this one point this morning, and we'll have several sub-points. The one point is this. God's favor, his, his blessing, his grace is extended to his people so that they would be a blessing to others. God blesses us so that we would be a blessing to others. That's what Psalm 67 is about, this covenant favor, this grace, this blessing that God gives to his people. It is so that a few things would happen. And the first thing there is in verses 1 and 2. God blesses his people so that the way of God would be known on the earth. God desires that his way would be known on the earth. And here in verse 1, we find some words repeated from that benediction that Aaron was pronounced over the people of Israel that God gave to Moses and Aaron in number 6 that we read earlier in the service. In number 6, Yahweh God instructed Aaron in his priestly duties that he was to pronounce this benediction this blessing over God's people. And it was to be a reminder that God is with his people and that he will bless them. And so Psalm 67 verse 1 picks up on this prayer that God would be gracious to his people, that his favor would be upon them, and that God's blessing would be upon his people not so that they would have more stuff, It's not so they would have more camels and goats and and tents and and whatever the stuff was back then. (laughs) That's not what the blessing was for. The blessing was that God's protection, that his saving power, that his grace would be upon him. That God's face would shine upon his people. That's some language, really, that we only find in the Bible. What does that mean Well, it's it's an idiom, if you will. It's an expression that means that just like when the sun shines on on our face, that God's presence would be like that, that it would shine upon his people and enlighten them. And the whole reason for this prayer, the whole reason for this desire is found in verse 2, that God's way would be known on the earth. God's blessing on his people is not so they can keep it to themselves and say, look, it's mine. No, his blessing is so that his people would in turn bless others. All the blessing comes that we may praise. Praise the name of Jesus, we sang earlier. So God's blessing on us is so that we would bless others. So that, the second reason here, so that God's saving power and rule would be known among all the nations. That desire is shown forth in several places here in Psalm 67. Specifically, the psalmist prays that God's saving power, it would be known among the nations. That is all people. This was too often a radical idea among the Jews who thought that their Jewishness was for their benefit and their benefit only. And so Jesus was constantly rebuking them for this, right? 
They were supposed to be a blessing to all people, not to be prideful and arrogant of their Jewishness. No, God chose them so that they would make God's saving power known to all the nations. And so this is a good word for the church today. Our calling is not to, to, to keep the good news to ourselves, to just keep it in these four walls. Our call is to make Christ known to the, to the nations. We're all called to evangelism. Now, I will be the first to admit, and I'm sure some of you could express the same concern, this missionary zeal, this call to share the gospel with the nations, this call to, to share Christ in our current culture can be a very hard thing to do when it feels that our current culture is hell-bent on wickedness and ungodliness. And even worse, if we, as we've been saying, our current culture is in fact hostile to biblical truths and realities. It's hard when we have this anger and this frustration over these wicked and ungodly things we, we see. It's hard to want to have this missionary zeal. But we must remember that this reality does not negate our responsibility to evangelize the nations. Yes, the church, we must speak out against evil and ungodliness. At the same time, we need to hold out Christ to the world. We need to offer the hope of the gospel because we know, we know that only the love of God and his word and his gospel is going to truly change hearts and minds. We have to start with that first. People have to know the saving power of Jesus and, and, and how awesome God is in the gospel before there can be change in our world. And this is why the message of the cross of Jesus Christ is the most beautiful and loving thing in the whole world. We've got a great thing to offer that is better than anything the world can offer. May God give us mercy. May God give us grace to boldly proclaim the message, the good news of the gospel, even, even against those who hate the things of God. God blesses us so that we would be a blessing to others. And this is the third thing, so that the nations would praise and worship the living and true God. The goal of all of this is worship. The psalm makes it abundantly clear that is God's will to bless his people so that more and more people would be drawn to himself through his covenant people. In the ultimate fulfillment of this psalm, the desire of this psalmist has come to us in Christ. Christ came to call the nations to himself. I want you to think about something with me for a moment that I hope will move you and stir you to, to really see how amazing this is. I believe that the fact that you and I are here right now is partial fulfillment of 
the desire of Psalm 67. Here we are in America, worshiping a Jewish Messiah who lived over 2,000 years ago in a region in the Middle East nearly 7,000 miles away. Let the nations be glad. Let the nations worship and praise God. We are the fulfillment of this desire here in Psalm 67 that the gospel, the good news, has come to us today. This is such good news. This is such good news. The psalmist actually moves on to the end of his psalm, rejoicing in God's provision with a fruitful harvest. The psalmist is acknowledging that the earth has yielded its increase and that everything God has provided for us, food, water, air to breathe, everything is a gift from God. And these good gifts that God gives us, again, are not so that we can keep them to ourselves, is so that we would be a blessing to others. The reformer John Calvin reminded the church, every benefit, every benefit which God bestowed upon his ancient people was, as it were, a light held out before the eyes of the world to attract the attentions of the nations to him. So this psalm ends with another fervent prayer a prayer that the whole world would fear God. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. This past week, a, a large group of us had the opportunity to go and to serve at, at Johnny and Friends Family Retreat and serve families who are affected by disability and thanks to your prayer and, and your generosity, we were able to go and to do that. Uh, the staff there at Johnny and Friends did a wonderful job of, of preparing the team to serve that week and, and helping us and equipping us to serve these families. And of course, part of that equipping and that help was prayer, the, the need and the desire to prayer. And so we had some corporate prayer times as we got ready for the families to come and to participate on the retreat. And there was one main prayer that we were asked to pray that we would fear God more and man less. That we would fear God more and man less. Many of us have been thinking about the implications of that prayer all week and still today. How much of our lives is lived in fear of man instead of in fear of God? How many of our daily decisions are made where we get this order wrong, where we fear man more than God? The goal of missions, indeed the goal of our whole lives, the psalmist says, is that we would fear God. That's not a call for us to be scared of God. It's not talking about that we're to walk around afraid all of the time. It's a call that we would fear God by praising Him, by worshiping Him, by making Him the center of our very lives, 
by realizing this joyful fact that we are here on this earth to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That is what it means to fear Him. That is our desire, and that is the desire of the nations. And so this psalm has a strong impetus for us to pursue missions and evangelism. All of us are called to do this. My missions professor in seminary would remind us almost every class period. He would say, you're either a missionary or a mission field. All of us were called to either be a missionary or a mission field. You're either taking the gospel to others and sharing the good news, or you're the mission field and you need that gospel and you need that good news. All of us are called to that. Maybe God is calling some of you to go and serve overseas in in Jesus' name. Maybe he's calling you to a difficult place to serve him. But for most of us, I believe God is calling us to uh, proclaim God's blessing, his salvation among the nations right here at home. And there's so many ways that, that, that you and I can practically do that, that we can proclaim Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life to others. So I want to just mention a few ways that I, I, I see that God is calling Cornerstone to participate in this missionary effort. God has been so good to us, and he has blessed us with these wonderful mission par- missionary partnerships to be able to fulfill this, this great and grand missions to praise the name of the Lord. Again, this past week, with your prayer and your generosity, a group of us got to go serve families living with disabilities. And many of these families don't feel that they get the support and the attention that they need from the church. And so our prayer coming off of, of that retreat is not that that's something that we do just once a week or one week a year. It's, it's a part of who we are. We're praying that God would, would give us eyes to see and opportunities to serve families living with disabilities. As you just saw, next week a group of us are going to serve on the Yakima Indian Reservation. And you may be going, why are you going all the way out there? Well, you're going to have to ask me that another time. But it is an opportunity for us to go and to minister to our first neighbors. And in fact, these people, the Yakima Indians, they are in fact a nation within our nation. And so here we have this opportunity to go do that right now among us. We, uh, one of our members, Mike Sabin, if you haven't met Mike, he, he is a missionary and he lives here in Huntsville. He's traveling this week to Indonesia. He works for Trans World Radio whose mission it is to take the good news of the gospel and the truths of the Bible and transmit that through media in any way possible. And so he's going to remote areas where they've got some makeshift uh, radio tower to get good preaching and teaching out there to those who've never heard the gospel. Let's pray for Mike and travel mercies. These are just a few ways. These are just a few opportunities that we can mention right now, but Let me ask you to ask yourself, where is God calling you to get on board with his mission and reach the nations? I love this psalm for two main reasons. The first reason I love this psalm is 
It helps me pray. It helps me have bigger prayers. It helps me know how to pray big for the church to spread the fame of King Jesus. So I hope it will help you pray as well. But two, this psalm reminds me of our need to cherish Christ above everything. Our need to cherish Christ above everything. John Piper actually says in that same book I quoted from earlier, he says, you cannot commend what you don't cherish. In other words, we will not have a missionary zeal for Christ and for the things of the gospel unless we are cherishing Jesus for ourselves. This is why it's so important for us to be careful and watchful that the world and the desires of our flesh do not draw us away from God because the world and our flesh are really good at drawing us away from God. They are really good at numbing us and entertaining us and helping us live an agnostic life. This is why we need the means of grace. This is why we need the means of grace every day. We need preaching. We need prayer. We need fellowship with other believers. We need the sacraments to help us cherish Christ above all things. And when we do that, when we cherish Jesus above everything, when we cherish what he has done by his sacrificial love on the cross, that is when our hearts for the lost will be magnified. That is when it becomes easy and natural for us to jump in on this worldwide mission and vision God has that the nations would be glad, that the nations would praise God. And so it is my prayer now that God would use this meal before us to help us cherish Christ. And may that knowledge move us to be a blessing to others. Pray with me, please. Our great God and heavenly Father, be gracious to us and bless us. Make your face to shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth, so that your saving power would be known among the nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May we praise the name of Jesus and live for his great name. Help us to cherish Christ above everything else so that we would make his name known in our communities, in our clubs, in our schools, with our coworkers, everywhere you have called us. Help us to remember our calling to be a blessing to the nations. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.